0: Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. First John chapter five, powerful little book here, written by John. And so every week we're going to talk about the kind of prayers that get God's attention. We're we're told to pray. Uh, and many think that you may think you understand about prayer, but there are prayers in the Bible. God teaches us in His Word how to pray. Amen. And in fact, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, we see that there is a connection between your power, your victory, your strength, and your prayer life. We pray, we've been taught to pray, but it's been like a religious rhetoric. It's been, you know, ceremonial, it's been like, you know, boring. Teach us to pray. They asked Jesus to teach them to pray, and Jesus taught them to pray. We need to learn to pray, the right kind of prayer, so we can see the right kind of results and have an understanding of prayer. That's what I'm going to be talking about to you. First John chapter five, our first kind of prayer today, and it's a big one, and it's an important one. Chapter five of First John. Are you there? Say Amen. Verse 14. Now this is the confidence, or by say confidence, that we have in God, that if we ask anything according to his will, you need to underline that in your Bible, according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions or the requests that we have asked of him. So just... Not a long, but a very powerful verse. There, according to His will. That's what I'll talk to you today. This is the kind of prayer that gets that gets God's attention. Is when we pray according to His will. Have Your way, Lord, in our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. Whatever God you want to do, we give you permission your will be done. We're told to pray that way and to have that attitude. Let me say it like this. If you want to learn, if you need to get on the freeway in traffic, when I used to drive a truck, that's amazing. God would just speak to me out of these simple little examples all day. Uh, my mind would be on him. I'd make my deliveries and, and, uh, man, you grow a lot in patience on, in traffic. You will grow a lot in many different ways. And, and, uh, Here's some things about God who showed me about traffic. If you, in prayer, if you want to get on the freeway, you need to learn uh, to adjust and merge to the traffic that you're trying to join in with. The traffic is already going in its own direction. It's already set on where it's going. It's already going on its speed. They're already uh, speeding there. And it doesn't matter how what you're driving. It doesn't matter the size of your vehicle. It doesn't matter... Um, where you feel like you want to go, uh, if you try to go the opposite way, it's going to be disastrous and it's going to cause a catastrophe. You've got to learn to slow down. You've got to learn. Some of you need to speed up, but you've got to adjust. If I say adjust. You've got to learn to make some adjustments in your life and in your speed and in your vehicle if you want to safely get onto the freeway and blend in. You've got to learn to merge into traffic and go to where you need to go. That's exactly how prayer works. That's exactly how it works. God has a flow that he already flows in. It's the kingdom of God. It's toward him. The Bible from cover to cover teaches uh, about the kingdom of God. It's an eternal kingdom. Then it shows up in our history, but it was before it came into history. It was already in eternity. And it is still an eternity, and will continue to be eternity once we pass through this life. It, the narrative of the Bible is about the kingdom of God, but is it t- it's totally opposite than our democracy of a mindset in the Western world of thinking, where we uh, get things done by the majority of votes or by or by this, or or we we, we have a totally different mindset. We will submit to rules and order only if we are. Agree with whatever they're telling us to do. And that's not always wrong, but I'm just telling you that doesn't fit in, a, in the kingdom of God when it comes to serving God. We have got to learn to adjust and merge our attitudes, our feelings, our plans, our beliefs, our schedules, our time, talent, and treasure, our entire life. We've got to learn to merge onto his traffic so we can go in the direction that God wants us to go. That's what prayer is. You know, we use that word so so flippantly today. You know, the people, well, you're going through a hard time, I'll, I'll pray for you. You know, our thoughts and prayers are with you. It's like the, it's like the politically correct thing to say, and I'm not doubting it. It's, it's better than to say, hey, I'm not praying for you, I guess, you know. But when I say that, I don't know about you, when I say I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. In fact, if I don't say I'm praying for you, then I'm not going to say I'm going to pray for you. But I will pray for you if I say, because I don't want to... Um, Take away of the meaning and the power of prayer like we do so much in our culture, in our society. We need to learn to merge on to God's honor. That's what prayer does. Prayer helps us make the adjustments. Prayer changes things. The first thing it changes is it changes us. So write this down. Prayer isn't a means to get our demands met by God, but a method to align us to his will. I tried to minimize that and not make it so wordy as I could, but that's the best I could do. It's and it, it not lose its meaning. Prayer isn't a means for uh, us to get our to get God to meet our demands and desires, like He's a bellhop in heaven, and we're like, "Okay, God, okay, God." No, no, no. A prayer is a method God uses to align us to His will and His way. Is anybody here? We we know it all in Scripture not my will but your will be done and that's a hard prayer that's an adjustment you got to make when I first got saved I would pray all kind of prayers. I told you a couple weeks ago I prayed for a million dollars thank God he didn't give me a million dollars and after I didn't get the million dollars guess what I began to align my prayer I was going way too fast I was all up on the shoulder all kind of dust flying up getting flat tired and God was going I ain't gonna give you no million dollars You ain't tithing off the hundred I give you. So what you talking about, Eddie? (laughs) That's not how the Holy Spirit showed me in his word. And Jesus said it like this. If you're not faithful over the little, then you're not going to be faithful over much. What am I doing? i got to align, and he speaks to me through prayer. Some of us are like, God, why don't you make this happen? Or why don't you do this? And God's saying, if I do that, it would be the worst thing that could ever happen in your life. Some of the storms that we are in today do come from Satan. They do come from the enemy, but some of them come from our own decisions. Amen. And sometimes in prayer, I've learned when I really open my heart to God, he'll tell me that God, why did you let this happen? Why did you put me here? Why did this thing go wrong in my life? What's going on? He's gonna say, I never did none of that. That's right. The children of Israel for 40 years, Went around that same mountain. Oh, God, when are you going to do this? They just complained and complained and murdered. And the Apostle Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And he says, everything that happened to them was for our examples today. Don't make the same mistake. (laughs) Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So it's not to get God to meet our demands and our desires. He does meet our desires. I'll talk about that in just a minute. But we first got to get our first perspective. Some of us, we need to start off in the slow lane when you get on that freeway. And the first thing you're going to learn in the slow lane is this. 2 Corinthians says it best. That he died for all so that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. What a powerful scripture. What's the translation? You ready? Simply this. God doesn't exist for us, but we exist for Him. Amen. Adjustment, adjustment. Well, I thought, Pastor Randy, when I get saved, that I got this God in heaven that's just going to do anything I want Him to do. And I man, I just pray, you know, and I, it'd be nice to come out and see this snow and have the anointing of Moses and get a stick at the end of your driveway and just put that staff down and that snow go, <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? then nope, we got to get the snowblower out. Or in my case, a shovel. I got a big shovel though. Amen. And I get out there and we got to do it. Some things are like this. Some mountains, you can speak in Jesus name. And I'm going to teach you on, the, on what the prayer of faith is and that's a powerful prayer of faith and we do have the authority of the word of God to speak to that mountain in the name of Jesus be moved but if it doesn't move then I want to encourage you, you might need to get a shovel you might need to get a shovel and say okay God maybe you don't want to remove this instantly like Paul did with his thorn instead maybe you're going to give me the grace because you want to teach me something about this current situation so I don't self-destruct So God doesn't exist for us. That's what you learn in the slow lane. You know, here's something that it's, it's a news flash. I learned this, and I forgot about it. And recently, I was talking to one of our young people who was driving and just got their license, and they're so excited to drive. <laughs> Remember those days? <laughs> Mom, you need anything at the store? I'll go. No, just got back. Are you sure? <laughs> I'll go get you an empty bag, whatever you want me to go. I just want to drive. Amen. Remember those days? <laughs> but you know driving this is, this is crazy. Driving. Did you know that driving in America is not a right? It's a privilege. Oh, no. I'm, when I hit 14 or 16 or whatever the age is now, 21, I don't know. I, I need to get my license because, you know, no, no, no. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to get your license. And some, when you get in trouble, they take your driving privileges away. Amen? Amen. And prayer is the same way. It's it's not, it's a privilege, this is what I'm trying to say, it's a privilege to come into the presence of God and and to understand that we have an opportunity to communicate with the being, the God of the universe that created everything we see. I I read through the whole Bible every year. I start in January. Well, I started at Christmas, so I'm already at Genesis 10. And then I read some in the New Testament. I kind of go back and forth. We've had... Uh, plans here at the church. We put out the information table if you want to, but you can Google it and get one of your own. And it's a great discipline. Set time aside and read the whole Bible. And I just went through Genesis. It just blowed my mind. I get something new out of it. So I took classes on creation and and versus evolution and all of that. And, man, it makes your your brain just light up when you see how amazing and how much proof there is on the creation of God. And and it just blows your mind. Do you know there's a scripture in Isaiah that says Earth is the only planet that God created to be inhabited? Go on to Bible study and look it up. Amen. Good chance to study the Bible. In other words, he created the stars and the universe and everything you see. But earth is the only planet that Isaiah said that God created to be inhabited. So you can go look for every planet, life on any planet. I'll save you the trouble. It's only on earth. Amen. Anyway, but my mind was blown away as I'm going over that how awesome God is. And then Proverbs says, God, what is man that you allow uh, him to come into your presence that you love and you are concerned about? You know, when you think about that, it's really humbling that we can come before God and pray. So what about our desires? Our desires. Don't God care about our desires and get our desires? Yeah, absolutely. This scripture, I love it. David, King David wrote it in Psalm. He said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I love that scripture. But many of us, let me just help you here, just focus on the second part of that, and he will give me the desires of my heart. No, 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 that's not what he says. He says, first, you must delight yourself in the Lord. Get to the place where you are delighted to serve God. Do you feel like it's, you are delighted to serve God, or do you feel you're detained serving God? Really seriously, I want to help you get to the place where you're delighted. It's a delightment to serve God. It's like having two kids at your home in your home, and teenagers will use them because you remember being a teenager when you knew everything, and you may have. Two teenagers that are totally opposite. I was one that was couldn't wait to get out of the house because I want to show mom and dad that uh, I was right and they're wrong, and I'm tired of their rules, and I want to live life the way I want to live it, and and you know because I know everything, and I'm I'm this and that, and that was me, and so uh, I wanted to go on and do that, and then my younger brother, Pastor Steve, Amen. <laughs> he was the good son, Amen. <laughs> Uh, He was the one that didn't cause all that grief, but I did learn this Well, what happens when you have two children that do that the one that is just like they're not happy to be home They don't want to be there. You guys are always fighting. They hate the rules. They hate everything about it They are not delighting themselves in 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 your house So what do you do? You're not going to give them your favor. You're not going to give them a blessing You're going to just give them enough to survive. Amen. Come on, somebody. And and when they come in, you ain't going to start a conversation because it's going to start World War III. You already know it. So they don't get any, any conversation. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. Just look straight ahead if you're with your family and you're like, he's talking to you. Amen. But others, you got that kid that, you know, they're not perfect and they got their own issues being a teenager, all right? But they're still happy. They have a good relationship. They are delighting themselves. They, don't, they realize that, hey, it's expensive to live out on their own. And, and they delight themselves in, in dish detergent and laundry detergent and milk and food. And, and they delight themselves in not paying rent. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help some of you parents I'll be going. Come on, you need to listen to the preacher today. And those kids that have them kind of attitudes, that man, you know, they may not be perfect, like I said, but they're delighting themselves in the home. And you wanna bless them, don't you? You wanna just give them your favor. Not that you're, they're your favorite, but you wanna bless them. That's the same thing David is saying. Get to the place where you don't regret serving God. You don't get to this place where you gotta, you know, you're trying to hide stuff and, and pretend and get into that, that, that hypocritical, religious, Phariseeic life. That's over there. But get to the place, man, where you have no regrets. Come on, somebody. Where you got no regrets in serving God. You wouldn't trade your salvation and your journey for anything right now. Come on, anybody in the house like that today? Anybody in the house today like that? Get to Man, I I love being a Christian. I didn't always, growing up in in the home, I didn't get the rules. I didn't get the whole thing. I missed the whole connection between having a relationship with God, missed it. So I missed out on my own, like Paul wrote in Corinthians, I don't hinder you, O Corinthians, but you are hindered by your own affections. Sometimes we can hinder our own selves by our feelings, our emotions, and we end up hindering the ability to enjoy God. Once you get on the freeway and you learn that you can go from Taylor to Belleville in 30 minutes, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> You will delight yourself that you're not back roads taking, you know, uh, you know, stop signs and traffic and congestion and roads not being plowed. When, when you, It's the same thing. You can learn to go from here to Florida and here all over the place and, and drive. You're, t- you're delighting in the fact that you are on the freeway. That's what I'm trying to get. That's what prayer is. When you realize what prayer does, and, and once you merge onto the freeway, and then you're going to be able to get over to the fast lane, hallelujah, and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. And you're praying. And you're, and you're going fast and you're, you're letting God have his way, man. And you're just, you're just zooming. You're growing. You're bearing fruit. You got joy. You got fire. You got passion. And when depression tries to sink in and when fear tries to come in, you ain't got time for that. You're just moving. You're just flying down the street, going down the highway. That's how it is when you really discover the power of prayer. Am might get anybody excited for Prayer this week. Amen. Amen. There's two things I want to give you real quick. Well, you got to keep in mind when it comes to prayer. I do got to tell you this about prayer. That's what this whole text in 1 John is all about. First one is that there is an unconditional will of God. We call that the sovereign will of God. It's the unconditional will of God. This is, there are things that God is going to do on planet earth that will or will not involve man. This is the sovereign will of God. It shows up all in the scripture. God told Pharaoh, he said, I'm going to deliver my people whether you want it to happen or not. And in Romans chapter 9, God actually tells us that he actually hardened Pharaoh's heart himself just so he can demonstrate his power and, and his authority to the children of Israel. But he did give, he gave multiple chances to Pharaoh, by the way. But, but that's when God says, I'm going to deliver my people whether you like it or not. My Messiah, Jesus, my son, I've been prophesying that he's going to come and be born. He's going to be born whether you like it or not. And Herod tried to stop it. We know you read the Christmas story that we call it. Everyone tried to stop it. Mary and Joseph is running and hiding in Egypt. They're coming out of Nazareth. They're going all over the place. And and the enemy tried everything to stop, but he could not stop. Why? Because that was God's unconditional will. That is God's sovereignty. And there's not a devil in hell or a human on planet Earth that can stop his sovereign will of God. Amen? You believe that today? And so sometimes things happen in his will and we see him doing things. And we're like, why did you allow that or why did you do that? I like what Paul said again in Romans. He said, first of all, you need to understand that God chooses who he has mercy on and who He don't. He says, again, this is slow lane. This is adjustment where you need to adjust your theology to this. And he says, how can the clay say to the one that's forming the clay, what are you making and why are you making it? How can we then ask God, what are you doing? And question him, for he is God, and he is God all by himself. What are all those scriptures? That's about the unconditional will of God. There are things that God wants to do, whether we want it or not. Jesus didn't really feel like going to the cross. And he even said, God, if there's another way around me going to the cross, if you want to send Gabriel. We all love Gabriel when he appeared to Elizabeth or or to uh, everyone there, Mary and him. God, we could do that. We can let an angel come. But, you know, nevertheless, Lord... Not my will, but your will, your will. I'm merging, I'm merging, your will be done. I want it right now, I want it right now. Some of you wonder 2020 was the year. I know all of us thought 2020 was the year. And so 2021, we're like, okay, God, this has gotta be the year. And I say, pray that it is the year, amen. But pray, your will, God, your will be done. And the second one is this, is the conditional will of God. And this is where God has a desire for something to be done but it will depend upon human will for instance the scripture says in second timothy that it is god's will that none should perish and all should come eternal life god wants everybody saved god wants everybody saved everybody watching everybody here he wants you to go to heaven and be with him in eternity god doesn't put anybody in hell he did not even create hell for humankind. He created it for Satan and the angels. But there's only two places to go in eternity. Heaven with God and with the saints and with his holiness and righteousness, or a place where people go where they refuse not to serve God. So God, God desires everyone to be saved, but we're told in scripture that not everyone will be saved. Why? It's their human will. For broad is the way and narrow is the way, broad is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. So the scripture tells us although God wants everybody to be saved, he has given you that human will. He has given you and I that human will. This is where a prayer comes in. Well, I want this to happen. Jesus said this, you have not because you ask not. Well, if God's already gone, I had this guy at work that got so hung up on this back in the day. He If God knows if I'm going to go to heaven or not, then why should I even go to church? I said, are you going to come to work this week? Yeah. Then why even get up in the morning? Are, are, are you, is your wife going to live forever? Are your kids going to be with you forever? Then if, if they're going to die one day, why love them now? Why be the best husband now? Why, why come to work if you already know if you're going to come to work? And, I mean, you know, just, and he was like, okay, Eddie, I get it. You know, and it, But people get, people get stuck in things like that. Listen, I don't understand everything, but I'm not going to get stuck in Nazareth. Some people get stuck. They got stuck in Nazareth because Jesus came from Nazareth, and nothing good comes out of Nazareth. And here come the Messiah, and some could not get past the fact that Jesus the Messiah came out of a little city called Nazareth. And they got stuck. Jesus looked at the the, uh, Pharisees and he says, you make the word of God of no effect because of your tradition. Isn't it amazing? The Bible says, heaven and earth will pass away before one jot or tittle will ever pass away. That's the smallest stroke of the pen in the Bible. So Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away before one little comma uh, passes away out of the word of God. That's how powerful the word of God is. But yet you can make it Of no effect in our hearts because of our traditions and our feelings and the way we were brought up and this and that. Simply because of our unbelief. We stop it. In Deuteronomy 31, God said, I set before you life and death. Choose. 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 If you choose life, then I'm gonna bless you coming in. I'm gonna bless you coming out. I'm gonna bless you in the city. I'm gonna bless you in the country. I'm gonna bless you in Ecourse. I'm gonna bless you in Van Buren. I'm gonna bless you on Savage Road. I'm gonna bless you on Sumter Road. I'm gonna bless you when you're single. I'm gonna bless you when you're married. I'm gonna bless you before you have kids. I'm gonna bless you when you have kids. I'm gonna bless you when your kids leave you, when your kids are there. I'm gonna bless you coming in. I'm gonna bless you coming out. Come on, I need that organ or something today. I'm gonna bless you in 2020. I'm gonna bless you in twenty. 21 I'm gonna bless you before COVID I'm gonna bless you in the middle of COVID I'm gonna bless you after COVID I'm gonna bless you in April in May and June July if you would just choose to serve me and honor me I'm gonna bless you come on somebody get that today hallelujah I'm gonna bless you hallelujah it's a conditional will of God so let me end with this how can we know his will how can you know His will? I had three things I was going to give them to you. But I'm just going to give you one. I'm going to make it easy today. Seek His will. That's it. Just seek His will, and He'll show you. Oh, is it that easy? Is it that easy? Oh no, I got to go to seminary. I got to know the Greek and the Hebrew. I, I got to use a King James 16:11. No, you don't. Seek His will. Jesus said, ask, seek, and knock, and it'll be open to you. You know, you got that battery thing on your phone, tells you your percentage of battery. I do wish sometimes that we had a prayer battery. And I don't mean to be down on, this on me, because I can check myself for how much time that I spend. That issue that's driving you crazy, that you talk about and, and, and keeps you up at night, I don't know how much time have I spent in prayer on that subject. That, that, that's, 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 that's what the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. Look what he says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. 11. We all know the scripture. This is on the back of our cards. We got them uh, at the information table out there. We got these little cards. And on the back, it's got a little smiley face, and it has Jeremiah 29, 11. We hand them out to when you're at restaurants. Remember those days? Put them on the table. I've had waiters come back and ask, what is that? And I tell them, that's a scripture in the Bible. And it says this, and know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. First of all, God has a plan for you. Let me just tell you that right now if you're here or watching. You were born on purpose for a purpose. And the moment you discover that purpose, then your life will really begin. What is my purpose? To know him and to bring glory to his name. Use your talents, your gifts, your abilities to bring glory to his name. If you own a business, use your business and your influence to bring glory to God. If you're a dentist, a doctor, it doesn't matter. Use that influence. I, I don't know how many times we've went on missions trips to Honduras and have a crew of dentists there. Uh, that are going to Honduras up into the villages to provide free dental care for the Hondurans that can't afford it. I mean, I love that. It's not every day, but once a year. That's a perfect example. Whatever you have in your ability, you can use it to glorify God. You may not be a preacher, may not be a singer, and in the old way of school and in the old school of teaching and church, we think that if you're not a singer or a preacher, you have no purpose. That's a lie right out of the pit of hell. I just showed you that Simeon was not anyone. He, didn't, he was not even an usher, but he had a vision from God that he would behold the Messiah, and it kept him alive and kept him going after God until he finally seen it happen. Come on, somebody. Give God some praise today. Be a stay, stay-at-home mom, uh, domestic engineer, as we call him. One of the hardest jobs in the world. You know what? That's the greatest job in the world because you get to teach your children the, how to fear and love and grow up in God and to grow up in the ways of God. Use your, your whatever you want for God. But know, know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, declares the Lord, to prosper you. We know that scripture but did you read the next one the very next one says then you will call on me and come and pray to me when why then when you discover that i'm a good god and i got a good plan for you then i want you to seek me for that plan i want you to seek me for that plan we're going to enter a week of prayer and fasting now's the best time ever if you don't have a laser focus on what god wants you to do listen we have got a building here that is like no other church building in, in this area And we are gonna use this bad boy for God. I'm telling you, I was in here yesterday running laps up there. Amen. Hey, come on, somebody. Amen. Hey, nobody was chasing me. I was just running, and I was just working. You know, running. I can't wait till we get all this stuff. It's almost. It's done. Really, we just gotta get in here and start using it. To be a community center, a place where we're going to teach young people, old people, in between people, every age, the different skill sets, the things of God, all kinds of, we're going to use this for God. So it doesn't, you don't have to have a, be a preacher to be used even in this church. We, we need someone that knows how to work a little John Deere and plow the snow. Come on, somebody, amen. By the way, I want to thank Robert George and Don and Ricky. You guys were here bright and early making us a nice, clean parking lot. Thank you. But can you teach a life group? Can you teach a fitness class? Can you teach a, you know, home skill? You know, uh, we're going to have a T-cell ministry there to the community. It's on and on and on. You guys hear it all the time. Well, you need to keep it uh, in front of you and begin to pray, God, how can I use my skills? I, I can't do any of that. I-, I just like to talk. Well, you know, there's an opportunity when we start teaching the T-cell ministry that's called Cafe Conversation, where we will need people that just likes to talk to sit down with those that are learning English and practice their English on you simple. I mean, what does that have to do with God? Everything. They're going to come here to get a cup of coffee and learn English, and they're going to go, you know what? Maybe I need to go to church because it's not what I thought. They weren't judging me. They let me in, even though I may be of another faith, of another persuasion, and they didn't judge me. They let me come in. I'm going to show up on Sunday and see what this church is all about, and next thing you know, they come here on Sunday. They give their life to God, and welcome to the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. Amen. You will call on me and you will pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you seek me on Sundays. When you seek me first week of the year. When you seek me when there is no COVID. When you have a good relationship. When your marriage is going great. Is that what it says? No, does that mean seek you with all of my heart while I'm single? While my family is losing their ever-loving mind, whether I'm in a season of just I don't know what, yeah, his will for our lives is to seek him. So that's what we know for sure. And how do you find the will of God? I was going to give you more. You can read in the word of God. There are so many scriptures in there that says this is the will of God concerning Christ Jesus, in everything give thanks. We used to even sing a song in that. Remember that? In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. I know my mama's singing at home right now. In everything give thanks. Okay, let's stand. That's done. I'm done. Amen. Come on, let's stand. There are scriptures all in the Bible that tells us to seek him, or tells us what his will is. First Thessalonians tells us his will is to live a life that's pleasing to God. His, there's just on and on and on. But those things that we don't have a scripture for, that's what you need to seek him for. It is his will that we seek him. God, what do you want us to do 2021? What would you tell yourself January 2020? <laughs> oh, man. You know, when you go to the store... You want to pick up a couple packs of toilet paper. Just, you know, just a couple extra ones there. Those Lysol wipes, wipes you want to load your card up for them, man. If we could see the end of this year, I wonder what we would want to know right now. You can know by seeking God. Seeking God. Seeking God. When God began to open doors for me to preach and minister, I knew that calling was there. And by the way, God called me to preach or he called me to be a minister, not just a preacher. A preacher just gets up in front of people and likes to be in front of people. A minister ministers. If you're not able to minister at a soup kitchen, if you're not able to minister to somebody who can't give you nothing back, you're a musician. There is a musician, and then there's a worshiper. Someone that used their gifts and talents in the music field to bring glory to God. You can play all kinds of things. There's all kind of cool music. Man, we had New Year's Eve party with Elevation Worship. Man, they were jamming. We were jamming at my house. I had my surround sound on. You would have thought we were getting so, so I don't know what, but we were having a Holy Ghost party. Come on, somebody. I don't know what you did, but I had a Holy Ghost party. We was even up doing a little dancing. Come on, somebody. Hey, it's okay to dance. God invented it. Tell the person next to you. <laughs> Nothing, everybody. I'm going to lose this whole altar call moment. Seek God's will for your life, man. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Father, we delight ourselves in you. As David prayed, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Some need to just get the joy back in their salvation. Some need to get back into their word and Lord, so you can speak to them. Father, Lord, right now we just... I just want you to join in with me. Come on, merge onto the freeway with me right now in prayer and in your hearts and in your desires. And let's ask God to give us, Lord, what he wants for our lives during this week of prayer as we seek him. God, we pray that you speak to our hearts, our moms, dads, people that don't have children, all ages. As we seek you this week, we push the plate aside. We're fasting this week. We're reading, we're studying and going after you this week, God. Speak to our hearts today in Jesus' name. And if you're watching or here today and you need to receive Jesus Christ in your heart today, you need to pray this prayer. You just say, Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. And I come to you today on this first Sunday of 2021, dedicating my life to you. Merging onto your freeway, onto your way of living. I make adjustments. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my life, come into my heart. And help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now just lift your hands to the Lord. I'm going to bless you today. I'm going to Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for everyone that's here today. On this first Sunday of 2021, God, I do pray that you open our hearts and our eyes as we seek you this week, God. Give us an understanding. Father, help us to just grow in this church in freedom and liberty and joy again, Father. We've been in this gym. God, we've been in this COVID thing. Father, Lord, we want to get back to being that church on fire that's worshiping and passionate and praising and filling the altars and can't wait to get here. Can't wait to worship you. Let the gifts of the Spirit flow through us, God. God. We we're going to be intentional about that this year. Come on, are you with me on that? I'm going to worship different this year than I did last year. Hallelujah. Let that be, Father, as I bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we amen only- and amen